Are you a college student looking for better guidance on how to figure out your life after college? Maybe you are slowly looking at jobs, or maybe you are finally getting around to editing your resume, or maybe you are just getting anxiety awaiting for the question at the next big family dinner, what are you going to do after college? Yep, I've been there. That's why I created my career ebook guide to help guide you on the path to young adult life in your post-grad career. From custom resume templates, ways to improve your LinkedIn, cover letter examples, top interview questions, and so much more, it's all in my ebook guide, which you can find on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog/shop. I'm Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth Duong, and I am your host. And on this show, I typically converse with like-minded individuals on the overall topic of life fulfillment. And what I mean by that is I try to touch on each area in life that I believe just encompasses our life fulfillment so that is a combination of our careers our personal relationships and friendships our mindset our mental and physical wellness and etc you get the point and today's guest is very unique his name is moses stone and he is known as an american recording artist music producer and entrepreneur He was born and raised in the Washington, D.C. area prior to moving to Hollywood to pursue his music career. His career took off when he appeared on the second season of NBC's The Voice, which I'm sure many of you have heard of that show, and he was part of Christina Aguilera's team and was also known as the first rapper and singer in the history of the show. On top of that, he is also known for his work being featured on the lovely Keeping Up With The Kardashians, MTV's My Super Sweet 16, which, hello, if you are a millennial, I know you guys absolutely have to know this show, and because I think I I was probably maybe like 10 years old when I was watching this show, so I'm sorry for Gen Z, you probably don't know about this show, but... Uh, His most recent campaign was with McDonald's, and I believe the campaign was called Black and Positively Golden. And with them, his song was actually the theme song for the overall campaign. So I think that is super awesome. But what is unique about today's conversation is that we dive into just the whole scope of the music industry. And I believe I've only interviewed one other musician on this podcast, but as you guys know, I try to incorporate people with very different backgrounds on this podcast. And so we dove into his music career, his background, how he came to it. I'm sure there's some of you out there who maybe, I don't know, are aspiring musicians, artists, whatever. But I think what's really fun here is that we talk about 
how it's actually not that glamorous and how you do need to know how it works in terms of how an artist gets paid and essentially you'll see that it takes many 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 years to be profitable i think i look at that in my entrepreneur lens of okay that's the same thing with any business it takes a couple of years to be profitable in the business typically right and i think what's also really great about this conversation is that moses also dives in to why his music career and his knowledge and experience in that made him realize that it's important for him to have his own brand and have his own name because in the industry you know you kind of don't fully own yourself and your own name which you have to listen to hear the whole scope of that but as an entrepreneur as a business owner you really get to run the ship and I think ultimately people just want freedom of choice um, if that's available and so we touch on that as well and I think that may stir or stimulate your own thought process on what you want to do in the future whether it's related to music or entrepreneurship and before we dive into today's episode i do want to preface for some reason and i had no idea about this until i was editing my audio sounded very muffled and i don't know almost like i was underwater and i'm not sure what happened but I did kind of wipe my microphone before recording this intro because it did happen again when I initially tried to record this intro. So unfortunately, that audio part may bother some of you, but I hope you can focus on the value and actual topics discussed in this episode versus my slightly muffly, not normal audio quality on my end. So again, I apologize for that. Hopefully you're not listening to it on loud speakers with bass or anything because I'm sure that might be a little irritating. But without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation and we will get into it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Moses, thank you for joining me today. I'm so stoked to chat with you. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having well, me. Of course. Well, how have you been so far? First and foremost, I think I always love to ask everyone just kind of in general, how have you been doing since the pandemic and just how have you been dealing mentally, emotionally, physically, you know, all of that good stuff? Oh, wow. I mean, um, it's definitely caught everyone by surprise, the whole thing. Um, never thought I would experience something like this in my lifetime, but it happened. Um, so I mean, I mean, um, it's it's been it's been definitely an emotional roller coaster, just making sure everyone's safe, your family's safe. Um, you know, everything has been changing in the world. I think um I think overall with me, I've been seeing a lot of different changes that are happening in the world, like different things for businesses and mm -hmm. how people kind of move differently. I think it's, I think it's um, something that taught us a lot. It's, 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 def it's definitely tragedy. It's, def it's definitely something that's very, very bad, but I definitely think we're going to learn a lot from this whole, 
you know, kind of experience that we're going through right now. Cause it's so, mm. it's, it's something different for everybody. It's like, what the hell is going on? It's COVID, what is COVID? Can I go outside? Can I not go outside? I gotta right. wear a mask. So it's something completely <laughs> different for everyone. So for me, I mean, it's it's been a learning experience but it's also been um, emotionally just like a roller coaster just to make sure everyone's safe, like family and, and, and friends right. and stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> it's been a little right. bit of both. For sure. And I'm sure with, you know, your work and especially being in the business world and such, I'm sure you've had to adopt along the way, I'm assuming. And um, did you work in an office before? Did you have an office for yourself before? Or did you always typically work from home with the scope of your own work? Yeah, it's actually interesting for me. It's just that um, I I guess I was kind of, I don't want to say ahead of the curve or or I guess a little bit uh, forward thinking. I just always knew something was going to happen to where like certain things that we are used to doing is going to change just the evolution of Mm -hmm. decades and things Mm -hmm. like that. Things change over time. So I was always working from home. I always had my business from home. I um, used to go to the studios and record a lot of music, a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Then I I adopted more of a... um, you know, work from home situation, you record all your vocals, record the beats, everything like that, send mm. everything out to get mixed and mastered, turn it in, boom, you're done. So I kind of mm. got into that format pretty early around the time or maybe like, I want to say maybe 2018, 2019, around that time. Okay. So, um, so I just kind of been ahead on that sense. So um, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did actually, it's funny because I was actually thinking of opening up an office before this oh. happened too. Cause I was like, okay, you know what? <laughs> I think now I want to just open up an office and have more employees and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, this thing hit and it was like, eh, good thing I didn't, <laughs> or at least stop, pause, you know, right, so like right. chill for a little bit. So it was good yeah. for me. <laughs> That's good. Well, good timing on your end. Um, but I'm sure everyone really just wants to hear a background story, you know, hearing it from you. How would you give a, I guess, elevator pitch of who you are, what you've been through? I know you're very, uh, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but you obviously have been in different fields and, and different experiences, and I'm sure we'll be able to dive into all of it, but just share who you are and a little bit about your own background. Absolutely. Well, well, my stage name is Moses Stone. A lot of people know me by Moses Stone. Um, pretty much, I started out just as a kid, 14, 15. I've done shows like Apollo, Say What Karaoke, MTV, BT, stuff like that. Um, along that time, fast forward now, and I've, I've always done music my whole life since I was a kid from mm-hmm. age 13 all the way up till now, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And pretty much around 2013, I want to say maybe around 2012, 2012, 2012 is when I, um, you know, most people know me from The, the Voice, NBC's The Voice. So mm-hmm. when I was on NBC's The Voice. I worked with Christina Aguilera, CeeLo Green, Adam Levine, all of those, you know, big people, Blake Shelton, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much did that for a bit. And um, I was the first ever rapper, singer <laughs> in the history of the show. So I did that. I was on season two in 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty much after that, I ended up, um, after kind of seeing how the music industry is, mm-hmm. you know, the contracts that they give you, how important owning masters are, how important, you know, just having control over your lifestyle is, and mm-hmm. uh, just your business. I started a company called Art Sky uh, in 2013. And um, from that point, you know, it's just been a bunch of different businesses that I've been passionate about along with music. And uh, from there, I end up working with McDonald's and Puma and mm-hmm. keeping up with the Kardashians and different things mm-hmm. like that, just working on different music and things like that. So I, I've, I've, over the time period, it's, it's become more of 
a rapper singer or or I would say mm-hmm. entertainer, then it turned into like entrepreneurship at that point. Cause once I kind of took control of my career, I wanted to do everything. Music, right. I wanted to do production, music production. I wanted to open mm-hmm. up e-commerce stores. So it kind of just built up over that point. So yeah, many people right. know me from like TV and television and stuff like that. And then mainly, you know, after that, the entrepreneur side is kind of like the behind the scenes business that not a lot of people know about. Right. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to ask you so much about all that. I have always heard, you know, rumors about kind of how the music industry really works, oh, right? God. You know, we, we, we <laughs> you already have a strong reaction. <laughs> you know, everyone says it, you know, from an outsider, it looks very fun and glamorous, right? Mm-hmm. But I have heard, you know, Amazing. there's, <laughs> but there's quite some contracts in there. But um, first, I want I'm curious, what inspired you to get into music? It sounds like you started at a young age, you know, were you playing piano and those kind of like, you know, instruments at a young age? Were you always singing, tapping, mm-hmm. whatever? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, what really started me out. I had a, I, my cousin who passed away um, when he was about 19. Um, his name is Jamar J. Adair. And he started out doing music. So he was in a rap mm-hmm. group, him and his friend, and they would just write raps and, you know, just do their thing. They had CDs out and they were doing their thing. And this was, this was, you know, to give uh, context of where everything was, this was in Washington, D.C. Because um, I'm originally from Maryland. I'm originally from Maryland, uh, not Baltimore, Maryland. Prince George's County, <laughs> just to be clear. But, uh, but I'm originally from Maryland and my cousin lived in D.C. So I spent a lot of time back and forth through that. And um, he used to just write raps, write raps. And, and I would hear him like recording and rapping. And, and uh, he used to listen to people like Tupac and Biggie and all those things. And it was just kind of like, I was maybe around, I want to say maybe like, 10, 11, you know, at that time I was only into sports, football, basketball, baseball, any sport, I would just play sports. That was it. Hmm. And basically me spending a lot of time around him, I would ask him certain questions. How do you write this? What does this mean? What's this? What's that? Hmm. So over that time period of being like 10, 11, I started to pick up, um, you know, writing. He told me how to write my first rap, like, yo, just write like this, write about what you like, you know, write about what you're interested in, you know, as a kid. So I would just write these dumb raps back in the day, you know, come to my house, <laughs> da, da, da. And, I, um, and over the time period, it just kind of stuck with me. I don't know really what happened at the age of like 12, 13, 14, 15. Um, my parents started to see that I really loved it. So uh, my dad, he invested in me. My dad, you know, bought me beat machines and keyboards and my mom was there as my manager. So it was kind of, it, it then kind of became like a family thing. And um, and yeah, I just started, I, I used to just dedicate 10,000 hours. You know how they say 10,000 hours on your craft? It was me all day, before school, after school, on the beat machine, playing piano, all self-taught. I never, I never you know, learned anything by just like yeah. being trained all self to mm-hmm. just pick up my ear and just play and learn it and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and over that time, I just loved it. And, and, and it was kind of something that was really cool because it brought me and my family together. Um, we got to go back and forth to New York. We was, you know, I remember spending like eight hours in the Apollo line, just waiting in the line, me and my grandma, my sisters, my mom and dad, we just waiting just, and it's cold in New York, you know, when it's snowing out there. Yeah. So we just waited just for the opportunity. So, um, so yeah, after that, I just did a lot of stuff going back from Maryland all the way up to New York, back from New York, back to Maryland, back and forth, just doing TV shows and different opportunities. So that's kind of like what sparked it. My cousin, my cousin Jamar sparked it. And then from there, I just took off. I was, I was in it. I was in it to win it. That, that became my passion. And then I, I just truly found out like, I love music. I love doing it. I, I love waking mm. up and just writing a new song or making a beat. I was just so into it. <laughs> so that was it. Wow. That was a wrap. 
did your parents, well, it sounds like your parents for the most part and your family, they were always super supportive. You never Absolutely. really had any kind of, uh, I guess, obstacle in, you know how most, some parents are at least where they're like, oh, music, it's a hard guarantee, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. ever have to go through I, that kind of obstacle or? Yeah, or yeah. I mean, it? like, I mean, I think like with every kid, you know, your parents want you to go to school, uh, you know, go to college, get great grades, get a safe job, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and do your thing, you know, and uh, my parents wanted the same thing for me. They wanted me to go to, go to college, um, you know, get good grades, everything like that. Um, I just think over the time period, they just seen how dedicated I was and how just focused mm. I was um, every day. I would, I would stop going out to play with friends. I would just stay in the house and work. And, and at the, t at that same time, you know, 13, 14, I started doing TV shows. So I was, mm. I was, my actual career was started to work. So they started to see like, oh, okay, you're on TV, you're making money. Like, okay, all right. So I guess this thing can work. So, yeah, um, right. so at that point it kind of picked up, you know? Um, so I, I think at that point, my parents were just like, okay, well, if, if he's really passionate about it, he really loves it. Like, you know, we, we're supportive parents. We want to see him, you know, chase his dreams and do what he loves. Mm -hmm. So they mm -hmm. just invested into me. And, and I mean, I'm thankful for that because not many parents are like that. that you know, it right, can be discouraging. Right. Some kids <laughs> like, oh, God damn, I don't want to go to college. I just, this yeah. is what I love. And they're like, nah, take your ass to college, but get out my house. <laughs> you know, right. so, so it's sort of like that. So it's, so um, I was, I was blessed. I was blessed to be able to have parents that, that, seeing that love something and they were just like mm -hmm. if you love it go all in and and you know make it happen right right what was your first tv show experience i'm assuming did you have some before the voice um yeah yeah absolutely absolutely okay. my first tv experience was um it was a local tv show in dc i forget the name okay. of it it was it was some random thing i i forget what it was <laughs> it was uh -huh. it was something that was local in the area that was big in the area but just local right. to the area right um right. so i did that that was the first thing that i've done and then after that i ended up getting on a tv show back in the day they used to have um it was a it was the first ever like singing show called uh, say what karaoke and that was okay. on MTV. That's when they had like TRL and like you can go up to the buildings and like all of that Viacom building. So I was all in the buildings at TRL, all this stuff. Um, we did, I, I did that show. I think I was around like 14, 15, something like that. I was still in school at the same time. So I'm going back and forth. I'm on TV, I'm in school. Girls right. are chasing after me like it's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, like I, I'm just loving the life. So the music life that you say, like that was the life for me. Like, oh yeah, this is good. I, I'm doing my thing, you know, so I'm good. So um, I did so a karaoke. That was like the first show. And then after that, I ended up doing um, Showtime at the Apollo. Did Showtime at the Apollo. Um, and then after that, I ended up doing uh, 106 and Park. And that was a big thing for uh, like BET. Uh, 106 and Park is like the biggest thing for like our culture, like, you know, in black entertainment, it's like, you know, mm. you're on 106 and Park, you're doing your thing. So I right, did 106 right. and Park. And um, so those were like my first like three back to back. And, and they just happened just like that. I, did one after that next one went to the next one after that one went to the next one and, and along those ways I met a lot of celebrities a lot of different people along those whole ways so um yeah it was kind of just a snowball effect for me once I started out it mm. was just kind of like boom 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 and keep going so 
I was, right. I was in it. I was in it to win it. I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, was young your... too. So, you know, when you're yeah. a kid, you're like, <laughs> when you're young, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm a kid. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when you went on The Voice then? And share a little bit about your experience on there. Cause I know a lot of people are pretty familiar with The Voice, especially, mm-hmm. you know, with how much it has grown over the years, but, you know, I guess give some insight on, yeah. you know, what it's really like behind the scenes. I mean, we oh, see wow, what we wow, see on TV, wow. right. But um, we know people are doing some cuts there like you don't really get to see everything. you know it's a little bit of special effects you know it's a yeah. little bit of special effects um well when I did the voice it was 2012 um I just kind of around that time once I got off 106 in park I, I was like hey look I'm, I'm just like I want to grow from where I'm at right now in, in my area the only place we had was like New York back New York Maryland New York Maryland so I was like I'm, I, I felt um I wasn't content with that so I left I, I basically said I'm gonna apply for like three different schools, music schools, whichever one picks me up, I'm gonna go. So I basically mm-hmm. applied to, uh, I think Berkeley, Musicians Institute and um, some other uh, school in New York. And then MI hit me up, Musicians Institute hit me up and they're right in Hollywood. So I said, all right, I'm going there. I packed up all my bags. My mom's freaking out, where the hell are you going? No, no, that's too far, that's on the other side. I was like, no, I wanna do it, I'm ready. So I left and that's how I got to LA. That's how I got to actually California because I picked up and left and I went to school there. And I think school was maybe like six months. So I did that for six months. Uh, fast forward, I lived out there, got homesick. And uh, cause I was missing my niece and nephews. They were growing up, I was missing them. I said, I wanna go back home. So I went all the way back home, drove, me and my best friend drove in my little Toyota Camry at the time, drove all the way back to Maryland. Took us maybe about two days, a couple hours after that, a couple days after that. Um, so now I got back home, stayed there for a year, did studio, opened up a studio, worked with different people. And then from there, when I came back, I ended up uh, getting a message from The Voice. As soon as I come back to, from California, so as soon as I get back to California, after I was like, all right, I'm done with DC, I want to come back to California. Came back to California, ended up getting a message from The Voice. And basically, they found me from a lot of the old stuff that I did. So a lot of my, um, you know, BT stuff, a lot of my Showtime at the Apollo stuff, music that I had out online. And they literally just wrote me and said, hey, uh, we think you would be great for this show. It's a new show. Uh, this was second season, as I said, it's a new show. It's it's an amazing show. Um, it's called The Voice. At that time, I'm like, The Voice, I'm like that. I'm, I'm rapping. At this time, I'm doing majority rapping. So I'm like, how the hell? I don't, I don't know if that works for what I'm doing. So they um, emailed me and they just basically said, you know, we want him to be on the show. Um, can you do a private audition? And um, at the time I was working with some, some management team and we was like, all right, we're cool. Let's, I mean, let's, let's try it, whatever. Um, Cause once we found out it was a singing show, I'm like, how the hell am I gonna go on a singing show? And like, I'm not out here like, oh, you love me. I'm not belting out notes, like I'm rapping. So I'm like, how the hell is this gonna happen? So, um, so basically we ended up, we go in there. I ended up uh, having to do about three songs, three audition, three songs. I killed all three. Um, and, um, and they loved it. They was like, we want you on the show. So basically I ended up doing the show. We, the first thing was the blind auditions. Cause usually with the voice, how it works is that you do blind auditions. After you do blind auditions, you have to get picked by one of the judges or if all of the judges turn around, uh, they pick you. And, and then you have to make a choice of like, I either want to go with this one, this one, or this one. So, um, so the blind auditions is really the biggest thing because that's your opportunity to get picked up on a team. So um, I did the blind auditions and, um, and I was, and I rapped, 
I rapped and I rapped in sort of some because I did uh, I did the Black Eyed Peas. Let's get it started. So I'm rapping. Oh, wait, I'm wait, going, can you do a portion of it right I'm now? Going, let's get it started. And let's get it. lose <laughs> control. And I'm like, I'm rapping. I'm like, it, it was, it was, it was, I just basically put my own twist to it. Cause I wasn't doing any covers or anything like that throughout my whole music career. I was always doing, you know, um, only a couple here and there, but not really like full blown, like the voice wanted. And um, so I did that. And me and my team at the time, we were thinking like, I mean, at this point, the exposure is good because you'll be on TV, but who may pick you because like you're rapping and this is a singing show. At least that's what we thought. This is a singing show. So you're not belting out any notes. So the judges that are turned back like this, they're thinking they're going to hear a singer, not like someone rapping. So, um, so basically I ended up going on there, did that song. Christina Aguilera was the only one that turned around. She turned around for me. She jumped up. She was like, that's good. She was in there singing, doing it. I'm rapping. I come off the off the little top stage. I'm down in the face. I'm doing what I do, and um, and that was it. And and from there, I was on her team. And then basically, once I got picked on her team, it was this whole experience of just being a rapper and um, and singer on the show because I had to really kind of find my little groove and my niche for that show. And um, I think I, I I think with that show, um, well, after that, we end up doing. Um, uh, they had another thing called battle rounds, and basically the battle rounds is where you face off with one person that's on your same team and whoever wins out of that same team you get picked up and you go on to the next round which is the live auditions but uh but to get to your question the behind the scenes stuff is really just you know they have to make up a story for you and you know you have to play your story play your character you know it's a reality tv show so um, for me, I was the rapper singer guy. I was the rapper singer guy creating history on the show, pushing boundaries. That was kind of like my story that pushed it through, you know? So um, that was really it. I pushed all of that through. I ended up doing like uh, two live two live shows. Um, and the last one I sung on. And um, and then that was it. That was, that was my whole thing with the voice. And that was really it. But it was an amazing experience. I got to work with Lionel Richie, CeeLo Green, like Adam Levine. All of those guys were amazing. Christina Aguilera the most, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that was so amazing. when when they create your storyline right on The Voice, like mm-hmm. so, are, are they kind of telling you like, hey, we actually need you to push this forward? Like, you know, I don't know what it's called, but when they kind of showed the clip of who you are before you end up like singing like on a live show or, or whatever, and they showed the clip of you know Moses Stone, like they show you your background, the they kind of just like <laughs> you know, they show you this little history video, right? As if it's natural, but it always looks natural. But like, what is that actually like? And are you like kind of semi acting in that or? Or, I mean, you would know, too, like, um, when you watch these shows, like, when you watch these little background clips that they do, like, is that legit or is I that... will say this. I will say this, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to throw them out there like that. But I will say it is reality TV. So, I mean, yeah. they have to keep it interesting. They have to make sure the viewer is interested um, and they kind of find like a, um, uh, what do you call it? They have to be able to connect with you. You know, and some some person out there has to be able to connect with your story. So I will say the way that they kind of put together the stories is, you know, they they manipulate that to put it together that works for the viewer. Um, a lot of the stuff when they kind of put a lot of stuff together is usually just, you know, you doing whatever you're doing anywhere and they're pulling clips, you know, they're pulling mm-hmm. clips, but they um, tell the story in a certain way so that the viewer can kind of digest it and understand like, oh, okay. 
I like this person. You know, I like this person. Mm-hmm. I like this guy. Or I like this girl. I want to. I want to vote for them. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so there there are certain things. At least in my case, I they they weren't like, hey, you're gonna do this, this, this. When this happens, mm-hmm. you're gonna say this. Like it wasn't like that yeah. for me. I was. Right. We were. We were just. We had our own kind of vibe. We were just like, we're gonna come in there. We're gonna be the rapper singer guy. Push the boundaries. That was it. That was kind of my whole mm-hmm. narrative throughout the show. So, so it wasn't right. anything that was like forced or like kind of weird, but I know they do have shows like that where it's like yeah. very forced and it's very like, <laughs> we gonna put both of y'all in the room and we know both of y'all don't like each other, but we gonna put y'all in the room. Like, so we can start some drama and it's like, what the hell, you know? So yeah. it is yeah. stuff like that. So you are on that. <laughs> okay. What about the obstacles with the music industry? Like what, can you share a little insight for outsiders, not in music industry, you know, and most of believing that it's glamorous and you get paid a lot and and you know there's nothing that's really tying you to a certain image that you have full control right obviously i i actually have had friends that were i think signed to like universal uh years 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 ago and they stopped because of the whole like one day they wanted to be like they i guess they wanted the group to be like the next i don't know like kind of britney spears and then the next one wanted to be like this the next day and it was like apparently very funky but i'm curious to whatever extent you can share what is what is it really like you know when you're signed to contracts how do you actually get paid as a musician you know how does it really work yeah i mean i mean a lot of people have to be careful even with with shows like the voice and american idol and mm. uh what's the other one uh I forget the other one. It's another one. It's X Factor, I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they have to be careful careful with those shows because they do provide you contracts and they do, you know, some shows kind of stop you from releasing music once you're off of them. Um, because mm-hmm. to them, it's like we have gave we have given you millions of dollars in marketing to put you out mm-hmm. in front of people. So once they put you out in front of people, that's kind of technically they're putting up the money towards your career because once you leave the show you have so many eyeballs on you now, you know, you can go here, you can go there, your social media pops up, you're a mate, you know, you're this little star. So, um, so they do give contracts on those things. Now, when it Uh comes down, you know, besides the reality stuff, when it comes down to actual like contracts of, 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 um, record labels, how record labels work is it's just a music business, right? So Uh all, all, all a record label is, is just pretty much a bank. That is going to give mm. you loan you money to create an mm. album, um, to create your wardrobe, to you know kind of put together this image of you with the music, and you release it. And when you release it, you know that money that they loaned you, you are still in debt to them until you pay that money back. So they call it recouping. So if I give you fifty thousand, you know you have to pay me back that fifty thousand before you can actually see a profit. So that means you would have to make 60,000 and then you keep the 10, you pay me your 50. But other than that, I want X, Y, and Z down the line. So that's been the initial thing. So when you ever hear artists and like, oh, this person got signed for a million dollar deal. This person got signed for, you know, uh, 5,000, 10,000, 100,000, whatever the case may be, whatever they got signed for, that's an upfront advance for you to create your album, studio time, marketing, all those things upfront. So basically what they do is they give you that, right? Throughout that time period, as things have changed, the labels start doing 360 deals. With 360 deals, is that they want a kind of piece of everything. I want your mark. I want your. I want your uh, album sales. I want your tour sales. I want if you go out on the road and you're doing like club appearances, I want a little bit of that. 
I want your acting career. I want, you know, so it's a little bit, the 360, which is basically da, 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 all these revenue streams that are coming out. 10% here, 20% there, 4% there, everything over the, over the time period. So, um, you know, what people really have to watch out for with labels is that it's a business like any other business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When they put money into it, they want the control. They want to be able to tell you, okay, you released this song, this song did good. So make seven mm-hmm. other songs just like it. Because we know mm-hmm. this works, you know, usually with artists, we're free. We want to do different music. One day we might right. want to make a, a rock record. One day we right. might want to be a rap, you know, so it, it's all right. over the place with artists. And with labels, labels are like, it's too drastic. You can't make mm-hmm. a rap album and then go to rock. Uh, that don't work like that. Right. Made this rap album, this rap album sold this amount of units. So we make yeah. the exact same one so we can get the same type of return. So they're looking right. at it based upon a return type of situation, not really like an artist free moment where it's like, go out and go make your records and do whatever you want to, you know, cause at uh-huh. the end of the day, they want to make their money back. So all a label and deal is just pretty much a situation where they loan you money, you need to recoup that money and then that's it. And if there's a lot of artists that are in debt, you know, um, mm. you know, if they don't recoup that first 50 grand, the label say, oh, don't worry about it. We'll give you another 50. Now you're in a hundred <laughs> and maybe you only sold two or 3,000. <laughs> so now you're in a hundred and you still down here, but what you owe is still up here. So you still like trying to get out, you know? So, um, and, and then also on the other side of that stuff too, is that, you know, a lot of labels want to own your masters um, and your royalties and your publishing. And, and for artists, that's everything that you need. You need your publishing, you need your masters. That's how you make residual income down the line. When you, when, you're, when you can't tour anymore, when you can't, you know, pop up and do appearances here anymore, you know, those residual incomes that publishing and those masters are gonna to continue to pay you for years to come. If someone picks up your song and puts it in a new movie that comes out, you get that. You know, if someone, you know, if someone's listening to your records down the line, you know, on Spotify or things like that, you get those streams, you know, it comes back to you. So um, I just say a lot of, um, you know, artists just have to know what they're doing when they put together those, those contracts and kind of get involved in it. I always say it's better to come in with more leverage on your end versus letting them have the leverage. Because if they have the leverage, they're kind of in the right to be able to kind of dictate how it goes. Because they you're not proven. You know, if you haven't showed us that you can sell 100,000 by yourself, I'm not going to give you that much leeway to sell 100. I don't know if you can do it. But if I come in and I'm like, I already sold 100,000. I already did this 50,000 here. I already did a million in sales. So this is what I want. And if, if they don't want to give it to you, you're already making money by yourself anyway. So it's like, all right, if y'all want to do it, I'll slide on to the next label. And then eventually, you know, another label will come in and say, all right, cool. Just keep doing what you're doing because you're already doing it right. And we'll come and be your backup to really do it. So yeah, I always just tell people, just watch the contracts and always come in with more leverage. It's always better to do the work on your own and build it up yourself. And then when you go to, if you ever want to partner with a label, because I always look at it as partner and even with myself, build up my own thing and I can come partner with a label and they can give me certain things that I may want. You know, nowadays you really don't need a label to be honest, but um, if you ever wanted that, you know, just to get that kind of big oomph behind your chest, like, yeah, I'm with Universal, I'm with, you know, something like that. Um, I always say coming with as much leverage as you can, because you can always play it. The more you have, the less they can control you and kind of do certain things because you have so much that you bring to the table. Right. 
So would you say, because you mentioned it as well, most of the time now you don't necessarily really need a label, maybe compared to at least 10 years ago, right? I mean, we have so much access to exposing ourselves on social media on so many platforms. Mm -hmm. So for, for someone listening that maybe is kind of, tinkering with music just in general where mm-hmm. maybe that's music production singing whatever um what's your best advice to them in terms of ways to avoid any kind of hiccups and obstacles and ways to maybe um put themselves in a the best position for opportunities on whatever um they're in for music um well i would say um for someone trying to decide between like should i be with a label or should i not Mm-hmm. Um, it's different types of people, you know, certain people are very go-getter, self-motivated, want to go out, handle everything, do their thing. And then you have some people that just want to be artists and just focus on just mm-hmm. art. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's anything wrong with signing to a label. I just think you have to know what you're getting into. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a label can do certain things for you. Um, usually it's like radio, maybe PR, <laughs> you know, certain things like that, but same time you can do it yourself too but as an artist you have to be you know hands-on in your career like oh i can get pr i know how to upload my music on you know TuneCore or distro kid i you know if i want to be featured on this i reach out to the to the writer you know so it's some, it's some people that are very you know uh, go-getter and, and just make it happen so i will say like if you if you're that type of person that's a go-getter just stay independent keep building up your catalog of music, keep, you know, just keep doing whatever you're doing. Keep, keep pushing, keep building up your brand, grow on social media, grow on Instagram, grow on YouTube. YouTube is huge. Grow on Instagram, grow on TikTok, build up those things. And then you can, once you start selling and you're doing your thing, then you can, if you want to go to a label, you have the option to, you know, you have that option too. If you're, if you're an artist on that end of just like, I just want to write songs, stay behind, you know, like just write records, that's it. Then I would say, try to find the best deal that you can find with a label. Try to negotiate or at least try to get the best type of situation that works for you, where you are fully aware of what's going on. So if you know percentages are being taken from here, from there, from there, from there, at least you are aware and you know, like, okay, cool, they get 10% of this, 15% of this, 20% of this, okay, I got it, I understand. Cause they'll let you just focus on being an artist, you know? So you do it, you, there is a yin, you know, there's a yin and yang. It's not like just completely bad over here. Like this is terrible, you know? And then this is amazing, you know? It's not really like a A or B, you know? It's just kind of, to me, I think it just depends on the person. Um, I used to always be the person like, no, go independent, be independent, do that. But there was a, there was a time when I was just an artist, you know, coming up when I was 13, 14, 15, all I thought about was just a record deal. I just want to get a record deal. Once I'm signed, that's it. I can get my money and I do my, that was it. So that that's all I looked for. So I know it's still a lot of people that's just like that. I just want to sign a deal and y'all do everything. I just want to stay in the studio, you know, and that's fine. Some people are like that. And some people are the opposite way where they just like, yo, I want to, I want to build as much on my own and then I'll take it to a label to get some assistance. So I would say, so I would say it's totally, I would say it's totally their choice. Uh, based uh, based upon the individual but you do have options yeah and I think it's good that you bring that up too because I think either way like you said how when you were a teenager you were like oh I I just want to be signed to a record deal and most people are right when when they're when they're very unaware of the industry they're just they think and even if again as an outsider I would think yeah I guess for the most part getting signed by (laughs) Sony or Universal that's 
that's fucking awesome, right? Absolutely. But yeah, little do we know, there's a lot of nitty gritty <laughs> stuff that goes in behind the scenes, which prevents an artist from maybe even being able to produce certain music, right? Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of the things that most outsiders don't know, and even for people who are 18 years old right now listening to this podcast and has always been like, oh, I want to maybe pursue, or maybe they already have something going, but these are things they're just finding out just by listening to this. Yeah, right? they got to think, they got to understand. Knowledge. Yeah, they got to understand it's the music business. Mm-hmm. Music business. <laughs> business. Music business. Mm-hmm. So understand that it is a business behind this mm-hmm. music. It's not just music. Right. It's music business. So I think if they, you know, and, and, and nowadays we have so much education out here. You can learn everything. You can look through the contract yourself. You can go to a person, you know, a, 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 a legal advisor that you really trust and they, and they can let you know everything. They can say, hey, this is this, this is this, this and that. Just get the information and get the knowledge. So at least you're aware. That's the only thing I say is just that back in the days, people weren't really aware. You know, they didn't have the technology like we got now. So it was pretty much for a lot of people, it was just like, let me sign, let me hurry up, like get me out of my situation. I don't know what that contract say. I don't give a damn. I just want to be out. <laughs> you know, they was in situations, bad situations. So they said, just sign and get out, you know. But now I think that the generation now, they have a lot more um educate like knowledge at their fingertips that they can just google it what does sunset clause mean what does this mean what they can just literally look it up and read about it and once you read about it that's it that's what i say as long as you know as long as you are fully aware of what's going on then i say go for it but just make sure you know what's going on and don't let it be like kind of just ride under where you're like what the hell whoa whoa, i made a hundred in this you know don't don't let that happen to you don't let that don't let you be that person (laughs) right yeah I want to dive into your entrepreneurship experience now and it sounds like if I'm could be making an assumption here but um you did mention the beginning that once you kind of got into the music industry you kind of started pursuing entrepreneurship your own agency and really just kind of I'd say branding your own name right Mm -hmm. and really just finding your own foot and pretty much in my eyes, especially as an entrepreneur myself, it really is allowing you to have more control and more, mm-hmm. you know, revenue streams, which Absolutely. is ideal, especially when, you know, perhaps if you are an artist, right, and some of it is you're someone is getting a 10%, 15% cut of what you're making, you need you need other stuff going for you. It you adds up, it adds up. <laughs> it does add up. So <laughs> I'm curious, why, what is the initial reason you got into business and starting your own agency? Um, it it kind of came, it kind of came around the time of once I got off the voice, um, once I got off the voice, I was, I was going to be signed with a uh, Republic, uh, universal mm-hmm. Republic, basically. So I was going to be signed by them, but I had bad management at the time. So my management kind of effed up the whole deal. They messed up the whole mm-hmm. deal. Um, they also wanted to do a reality show on me, my own reality show. So, mm-hmm. um, they just messed up everything. So what I then realized, you know, at that time, of anyway, you know, signing their contracts and kind of looking at everything. I guess throughout that time period, the team that I was with, a lot of the things that they did, they paid for. You know, they wanted billboards, they paid for it. They wanted to be on Billboard magazine, they paid for it. They wanted to do radio, they paid for it. And I started looking at it, I'm like, well, wait, so you don't need a label to do this? You could just pay for it? And that's what everyone does? I was like, wait. So, and then it started to click for me. So, and then I started to think of myself more of like, I can't just be an artist. I gotta, I gotta manage my career. I gotta understand right. what's going on. So I started to learn more. I started to, you know, ask more questions and started to just think about things more. And um, around 2013 is when I co- started a company called Art Sky. 
And uh, that company, I just basically just say, sky's not the limit, it's just the view. That's our motto. Sky's not the limit, it's just the view because we just roll and we keep just building. Nothing is a, at a cap for us, right? So um, I started this company and basically this company is just pretty much a collective of, of uh, businesses that I work in all around all of the businesses. Everything that I'm passionate about or things that I really love, I put it all under this company called Art Sky. Um, so basically what I kind of, I love the, the um, I would say I love the um, organization or, or kind of like the business style of Richard Branson, uh, how he does Virgin and he has Virgin Travel, Virgin this, Virgin that, Virgin that. So I kind of modeled the same thing where I had Art Sky Agency, Art Sky Studios, Art Sky Travel and kind of did those things too. So I basically started this business. I first started out um, owning a digital media agency and that was just basically um, I would do websites for people. I would do, um, you know, marketing for people. I would hire people to do X, Y, and Z. So I started there. And then along that time period, I started um, Art Sky Productions. And then we started doing music for uh, behind the scenes music for Keeping Up With The Kardashians, Bad Girls Club, Puma, uh, McDonald's. Like we just started rolling, rolling, doing our thing from there. And then slowly but surely, I just started adding more companies under the Art Sky umbrella. Um, and just really things that I'm passionate about. So anything that I was passionate about, anything that I really loved, real estate, uh, travel, business, I would just jump into the business. I would learn about it, educate myself, and I would jump into the business and do it. So um, I think I think basically around that time of 2013, um, you know, me starting a label, Art Sky Entertainment, I just signed myself. I signed myself. I put out. I released my own records that's under Art Sky Entertainment. My own things. Everything we controlled. Art Sky Entertainment owns the masters. <laughs> so my label, which is me, I own the masters of any record that I put out. So um, I think that was the thing that really sparked it. Once I seen that you can pay for a lot of things um, and it's just investing in yourself. If you believe in a record, go to radio, invest in it. You know, I, I think it's around like 250K to go number one or, you know, 300,000 to go number one. A lot of things are just really just paid for. Um, for you to hear it again and again and again, you know, because if you hear a song again and again, whether you like, this is a dumbass, I hate this song, this song is stupid. If you keep hearing it again and again and again, eventually you'll like it, you know, and it ends up going number one. So, so basically that was the thing with me is that I learned that you can pay for a lot of different things um, and, you know, you want to own your own. And I feel like it's very, very important for me to own my own, to be able to pass down to my kids and their kids and, and just generational wealth um, beyond just like actual assets there, but you actually have businesses, which are assets that can be valued up um, and, and sold if needed, you know, or bring on partners or IPO, like whatever the case may be, um, it's just a lot more benefits for that. So once I learned that I was, it was game over for me at that point. I was, I was done. That was it. Right. <laughs> when it came to, I guess, like getting your music on a show, like keeping up with the Kardashians, how was that process? Like, were you pitching yourself completely or did you have assistance with like management kind of like connecting, you know, you with the right people? How did that work for you? Um, basically, it was just a, a group of us, like me and a group of producers, and we would just work and we would work with a lot of music supervisors. And uh, basically, those music supervisors control all of the music that that you hear on TV shows. So whenever you listen to a TV show, it's a music supervisor that kind of put these grab these different records that they feel that fits for that scene or that, you know, mm -hmm. particular show. And, um, and then they put those records in the uh, show. And uh, mm -hmm. we just worked with a couple of music supervisors and I would submit a, a batch of records, maybe like 
20 records and say, hey, boom, here's some records. And I would send it out and, you know, my records would get chosen a lot. So we end up doing a lot of that stuff from there, which was more so like uh, TV shows, like Keeping Up With The Kardashian, Bad Girls Club. And then um, throughout that period, then I started doing more like commercial stuff where we were doing actual mm -hmm. like full blown commercials. We, were, we would get the actual visuals. We had to create the music behind it, send it off to, you know, Puma, and them, that camp, they would say, okay, we like this, boom, change this. It's a lot of damn changes in that. When you do it, for anyone that wants to jump in that side of it, you will get a lot of changes. We don't like this ding. Move that. Ding? You don't like the dings? I, okay, all right, I'll, I'll change it. You know, so it's a lot of back and forth, but it's very, very beneficial and very, very rewarding uh, once it's up and it's live because that's our residual in income, which I call mailbox money. It just comes in as they play it, you know? So that's a great thing for artists. So, um, so yeah, we basically did that after we did the Puma stuff. We've done some Netflix stuff. We've done, um, and then I had two big crazy campaigns with McDonald's. Um, the one that's most recent was a campaign called Black and Positively Golden. We did that campaign and, um, you know, we did like maybe like two or three commercials, like performed with McDonald's. It, that was a great, great partnership with them. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how everything kind of flowed. It was kind of one thing that led to the next one and the next one and the next one. And then, you know, just trusting God, having faith and just pushing through. Eventually you get to where you want to go. So, so would you say a lot of your experience just from like, you know, from being on The Voice and just kind of leading up to it from your music um, industry experience and then kind of going into your own business, like, was that helpful for you to kind of understand, okay, this is what I need to do in order to get in front of, you know, these people and, and you know, land certain campaigns like McDonald's? Absolutely. I think, I think everything, um, you know, everything you experience in life is an experience for you to learn from to do mm -hmm. better down the line. So, I mean, each, each one of those different things that I've done throughout my whole career, it all, you know, it all taught me something out of it. So mm -hmm. once mm -hmm. I learned something from this, like, okay, this is how you do to do this. Even like, as I said, when I learned that you can pay for a lot of things, oh, okay, mm -hmm. that's what you do. So then once I learned a lot of different things, I just took it with me and just incorporated it all into my own business to benefit right. myself and others around me that I want to be involved in it. Yeah. Okay, couple last questions here. More on the personal side. What are some of sure. your what are some of your daily <laughs> habits that really just enable you to perform at your best, you know, best level? Like what are some things that are just non-negotiables you always do, you know, each day, each week, and things that you'd maybe advise other people? Um, I would say what I started doing um throughout the time, and I mean sometimes it's on, sometimes I'm off. Like, you know, right. like you have those days. Um, but I would say definitely um writing down things, you know, write down things. I would usually, I would, I would usually write things uh, the day before, you know, at nighttime when I'm finished, I would write down all my goals, anything I want to accomplish next day, start and just take out the task every single day. Um, I think that's something that really keeps me on track. I try to get to the gym and go to the gym a lot, try to do that a lot too. Um, but I would think always, always working on the um, top task, the top task that you feel like is going to push yourself further those are the things that I work on and, mm. and always have huge goals, goals that mm. you think that you can't even accomplish. Like mm -hmm. goals, that goals gotta be so crazy. You're like, how the hell am I going to do it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. you start working towards that. And, and before you know it, you, you, you may not hit that goal, but you'll be right in the middle between yeah. something. You took yourself way further because your goal was so big. And if your right. goal wasn't that big, you'll just cap out. You hit it at a low one. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, ah, oh, that was okay. And then you keep going. Right. So I would right. say definitely goal setting, 
writing down a lot of things, trying to go to the gym and stay active along mm -hmm. those lines too. And then definitely mm -hmm. reading too. Definitely reading yeah. too. What is a goal that you once had that you have now reached that maybe years before you never thought you would have actually achieved? I would say just everything, just being on TV, um, uh -huh. working with McDonald's. I used to eat them. I used to eat their food when I was a kid, right, you know, and right. just actually stop eating the food to actually just working with them. You know, that's uh -huh. been a blessing. And just all of the things that I've done to open up a business, to start Art Sky in 2013 and still uh -huh. be alive and doing my thing and building out uh -huh. the business and growing. So I would say a lot of those key things is things that I didn't think that I would actually accomplish, you know, actually uh -huh. having my own business actually um, being involved in real estate, actually being mm -hmm. involved in, you know, TV and commercial and things like that. Those are things that I couldn't have guessed. It just kind of right. happened throughout the time right. period of just trial and error and working and working and working and never stopping. Really, that, that was the main thing with me is that I would say for anyone out there, just don't stop. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's, so, it's so simple to say it, but it's just like, just don't stop. If you mm -hmm. don't stop, if you just stay consistent and just keep working, mm -hmm. the things that you think are just not going to work, they just slowly but surely, they just, yeah. they rise to the top. So you, yeah. you just can't stop. You got to keep going. Right. Okay. One last question and something I ask every guest on the show, but what ultimately, what ultimately fulfills you in life? I would say seeing my family happy, hmm. seeing my family happy, the loved ones that I have in my life, like seeing them happy, being able to do certain things for them, um, retire my parents, like take care of certain things. Like that's, that's kind of like my why that that's hmm. my why that's what fulfills me. That's what makes me want to get up every day and work and keep mm. going and keep doing it and keep doing it, you know, because I, I feel that's very important for people. They have to have a why you have, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. if you're just going through life and just working, you got to have some type of purpose. Why, why do you want to do these things? Why are you waking mm. up every day and working so hard on your business? Why are you working so hard at art sky? Why are you, right. you know, why are you writing music? Why are you mm -hmm. investing in real estate? Like, why are you doing those things? So I would say that's really the thing that fulfills me is just being able to see my family happy, um, and, you, and, and, and being able to do certain things for them. Mm. So that's that's like my fulfillment. That's what makes me happy. That's what makes me get up right. and be like, hell yeah, all right, let's go. Let's keep going, right. <laughs> let's keep doing it. And I love your answer because, you know, I think it's so common to when people really sit down and think about it and reflect on what actually fulfills them, it's always revolving around people in our life. Mm -hmm. It never, at the end of the day, it never has anything to do with the material things or about mm -hmm. buying something, right? Even mm -hmm. though in the day to day, sometimes we're like, oh, we, we want to save up to get something, right? That's normal. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to real fulfillment and what, what, why, the why, you know, why we wake up and, mm -hmm. you know, work hard every day and do what we do it's because of the people that fulfill us our relationships exactly with people in exactly our life. <laughs> it gives you it, i think with the material things it gives you a, a short you know excitement mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. get it and it's like boom oh gosh this is amazing <laughs> after after two weeks or three weeks it kind of like yeah. it wears off you know you're like right. i feel like i got the damn car i'm I'm, right. I'm happy, you know, it's cool <laughs> but i think when it's when it's when it's more like family and 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 things that you're doing, even to help just people. Like I want to, I want to give back. I have a foundation that I started, um, Houghton and Lattimore uh, foundation, mm -hmm. and I want to give back to people. You know, I want to help the homeless. I want to help kids that were just like me that may not have, mm -hmm. you know, the things that I have and they want to kind of get to where I'm at. So I want to mm -hmm. be able to help those things. So it's like, I think 
when you're when you're doing things that are so big like that that when you want to help people and take things to the next level and give a lot um that's more satisfying because mm -hmm. people won't remember you for the things that you have people won't remember me for okay moses had this type of car he had all the mm -hmm. material stuff he had wow. this he had that they'll remember me like man he always helped me do this man he always did this man he took care of a lot of people man he did this he took his money and he gave back to the community that's mm -hmm. th those are the things that people remember you by you know mm -hmm. um so so i think those those are things as you said like it involves people because we just want to help you know, mm -hmm. a lot of times like that as, as humans, we just want to help. We want to help yeah. others. When you get knowledge, you want to help someone. You know, if you see your, your friends struggling or your family struggling, you want to help. You know, you want right. to be there to actually help, you know, because so I, I think that's the main thing for me. And, and, you know, as you said for yourself, too, is that's the why. That's what mm -hmm. gets you up every day. And that's a beautiful thing to get up for. I will exactly. say that. Whether it's your family, <laughs> friends, or, or helping someone out that, yeah. that have may push you along the way to help you reach your, you know, your fullest potential, um, mm -hmm. you know, stick with that, hold that close. Cause that's, that's, gonna, that's, what's going to keep you fire. You know, mm. couldn't agree more. Where can everyone find you? Share your socials and where everyone can just stalk you, find your music, all of <laughs> that, all me. of that. Good no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so if you guys want to check out my company, Art Sky, you can go to artsky.io, A-R-T-S-K-Y.io. Um, for my stuff, Instagram, Moses Stone Official. I've just started getting on TikTok, y'all. I've been I've been liking my little TikTok. I've been I've been trying to get on my little TikTok, give a little game here and there, something different for me. So um, yeah. I think my TikTok is Moses Stone Official too, or is Moses Stone is one of those ones. Moses Stone Official or Moses Stone. Um, and then also, um, you know, just check out anything that's online. I'm always online. I'm always at my company's page, and then my Instagram and my TikTok. Um, and then also my YouTube too. I'm going to be creating a lot more new content. I want to actually get out there and do more content to help people um it's been so interesting for me just being like starting out as a musician and then kind mm -hmm. of transitioning over to entrepreneurship and business right. and being able to share certain things that i know about real estate or credit or you know just independent artists just all different types of stuff business right. so it's like it's, it's definitely trying to find that middle ground balance so i think mm -hmm. i gonna be doing a lot on that on my youtube which is moses stone tv and okay. um i'll just start dropping new stuff for everyone so subscribe hit the post notification, like, comment, all that <laughs> stuff. And uh, yeah, just stay, just stay on top, you know, um, follow me and everything like that. And um, yeah, hit me up. Sounds good. And I'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes so everyone can find you and Absolutely. just check out your pages. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate the time and I appreciate the interview. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on today. I really appreciate it. You got it. Have a good one. I appreciate you. If you enjoyed today's episode and conversation with Moses Stone, please be sure to let us know and comment on the latest Instagram post on the podcast Instagram at what fulfills you pod and let me know what you learned, any takeaways, anything interesting that you didn't know before. And even better, I know you guys, I mention this every week, but I would absolutely love it if you could take 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You know how much that means to me and of course to my community. So thank you again for tuning in and I will catch you all next time.